This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Stroud under center. Pierce the back. CJ fakes the give. He has a lot of time. Throws left side of the end zone. Caught. Nico Collins. Touchdown, Houston. Well, I don't know what. I have not taken a look at my fantasy team today. <laughs> Nico Collins, more or less uh, unstoppable. By the way, got a, a fifth, a fifth of his season total in this game. And uh, that bumped him up to ninth in the league in receiving. 991 yards and that touchdown. Uh, monster game by Nico Collins. One of the major problems the Broncos couldn't solve. Joining us now to talk about it is our friend from CBS News Colorado, Justin Adams. You can give him a follow at Justin Adams TV. And Justin, thank you for joining us. The Broncos uh, lose a game that they absolutely, like I guess you don't say they had to win because they're not eliminated. But their odds went from being about 60, 65% chance of making the playoffs to 20% or so. Uh, that one really hurt. Yeah, it really hurt because you looked at the way that this team was playing. And yes, all the games that they won came down pretty much to the last moment. But that was one where you looked at it and you said, you should have won that one. You should have been able in the fourth quarter to pick up a fumble that was right in front of you, Jonathan Cooper. I mean, that pick scheme was right there crying your name and you didn't fall on that football, right? The game would have been completely different if you were able to do so. You give up an interception the next play. Um, there's just so many different mistakes that happen. Cortland Sutton from the beginning dropping two very catchable passes. Yeah. That would have definitely changed Agreed. the trajectory of the game. It was just one of those games that they will look back on and say, we should have had it. Now, fortunately, you know, Pittsburgh's not looking good. Their quarterback is out for two to four weeks. Cleveland, we don't know how bad Joe Flacco is. I don't care how many touchdowns he threw yesterday. We know what Joe Flacco is now. So the Broncos are still in good position to get to the playoffs. Hey, Justin, you're kind of you're kind of breaking up on you. We'll have to try to we'll have to try to get you back. So we'll try to get Justin back there. The magic of uh, cell phones, of course. So um, we'll, we'll work. We'll work on getting Justin back momentarily. Okay, there we go. We got you. Sorry about that. So one uh, wonders of uh, self. Weird. Yeah, apologize. It's always weird how this works out. Oh yeah, that's what happens. But uh, yeah, for the Broncos, yeah, Sean Payton said yeah. uh, right off the bat, you know, after the game, it's a, a sloppy performance, and that's a fair way to describe it because there was really no part of the Broncos, whether it was pass blocking or pass catching, yeah. as you put out. Of course, Russell Wilson with three picks. Uh, the defense couldn't cover Nico Collins even after Tank Dell was hurt. Couldn't get tremendous pressure on C.J. Stroud. Yep. There just wasn't much the Broncos did well, and yet here they were with the wind potentially staring them in the face. Guys, this team had, what, about 150 yards total offense in the fourth quarter and with a chance to win the football game. And I know there's everybody who wants to be on Twitter and X or whatever they want to call it and say, look, Russ could have threw the ball here, there, or whatever. The reality is is that you had four plays. It came down to now three plays. But you had four plays from the eight-yard line, and you didn't move the ball one inch. That's an issue. And you had pass protection issues. Um, there's so many different things that you could have done that just didn't happen. And I think this game honestly could have ended um, where you could have had a touchdown pass on the first play, on first down and goal, if your tight end continues just to run. It's going to be a tough catch, but your tight end has to run, make that tough catch, and now you're looking at a team that's in prime position to make the postseason. So, again, it's the little things that are hurting this team right now, and that's the reason why they're on the outside looking at the playoff picture. Correct me if I'm wrong. They had, in the two-minute period on that final drive, mm-hmm. all three timeouts, Yep, and – Know, plenty of time, mm-hmm. and yet at the end of the game, they can't run because they're out of timeouts. 
Um, explain that one. I, mean, I, one, I, one I was, thought one was injury at the two minute warning. Oh, they lost okay, one there, but okay. yeah. But the other two, right? They threw away because they wasted so much time. I thought, um, you know, and that's Peyton's job. Very poor clock management in the last two minutes. If it was any other coach, we it was Hackett. We'd sure to mentioned it because it went right. right along with what he did all the time last year. And with Fangio, the same thing. Uh, I, I, you know, Peyton is the least among a series of culpable uh, players, uh, figures in this game, but I didn't think the clock management was particularly good, and it really did force them into being a passing team exclusively at the end because they had no timeouts, and if they run and they're stopped short or don't get out of bounds, the game's over. Well, at one point, to be honest with you, in the last two minutes, I thought it was Coach Prime and the offense running that. <laughs> I was a little bit confused. Yeah. Man. I was like, is Pat Trevor running this thing? Yeah. Like, what's going on? <laughs> but so, it, the reality is, is the one that really got me was you come out of the two-minute warning and you burn a timeout. That's the one that gets me. Well, I look and I'm like, wait a minute. You had a commercial break, guys, and – Still, you came out and said, nope, we don't like what we see in burn the timeout. Yeah. Again, everything would have been different if you win the game. But when you don't win the game, exactly. you look back you and look say, back on that stuff. you look back on things like that and say, hey, guys, if you had another timeout, you would have been able to go in a spread formation with a light box. Yep. You could have even threw the ball on first down, ran the ball on second down, and right. then go from there. Or what, what does Russ do as well, that more really than any other quarterback, honestly? He could just run and scramble and make things happen. So because you didn't have that timeout, you had to go and burn it because it took away Russ's ability to be able to pick up um, the eight yards or just to get you a little bit closer. And he had to do so on fourth down and two. So it's, frust- it's frustrating things like that, um, but the team has to figure it out against L.A. next week. Are you a little surprised? And that's a great point, by the way, because it did eliminate the, the Wilson scramble in case he comes up short because you'd be out of time. Are you surprised that here you are in the 12th? game of the regular season, after a preseason, after training camp, after OTAs, that the Broncos are still dealing with things like getting everybody on the same page at the right time late in the game. You know what's interesting, guys? It always reminds me of the last two minutes of a basketball game. Where in the last two minutes of a basketball game, you have professionals, you have guys who have been playing forever, and they look like they have no idea what to do. It's like, hey, we have no more timeouts. What do you do? I don't know, guys. Let's just try to figure something out. That's exactly the way that it felt the last couple of plays on the goal line, the Broncos yesterday, where it just looked like these guys, it's like you practice these plays. Like, yes, it's a pressure <laughs> situation, <laughs> but you practice these plays. Like, you know you should go in motion. Right. You know what you should do. Oh, by the way, this isn't a team full of rookies. You have dealt with crowd noise before at the last moment in the game, right? All you have to do is trust your training. And these guys, for one reason or another, it didn't go through. It happens. But when it does happen like that, you still have got to find a way how to push through. That's the reason why you're one of the top 1% playing this game of football at the professional level, and it didn't work out, and it cost you a game. Well, uh, the focus now is obvious. You know you can't lose another AFC game if you're the Broncos, right? right? right. And if you lose one, it's got to be to Detroit. And, uh, you know, that won't hurt you in tiebreakers. That was the only saving grace for Pittsburgh yesterday. Uh, Their tiebreakers weren't affected by losing to Arizona. 
uh, perhaps their dignity was <laughs> affected by <laughs> losing to Arizona and Mike Tomlin saying afterwards they looked like a JV team. The Broncos did not look like a JV team yesterday, but it, it shows you in a league full of mediocrity, and I'm not saying the Broncos are a bad team. I'm just saying they're one of many mediocre teams in this league that are around seven and five, six and six, five and six, even five and seven, whole bunch of teams. Uh, I know there are about five and uh, each uh, conference, about 10 teams that are, you know, below that level, or, or at least uh, I guess eight that are below five and seven, but that, that's eight out of 32. That's a quarter to lead. The other three quarters of the, it, there aren't, it, I don't think there's a dominant team. Yeah, every week, a a different team looks like the best team. The Broncos are in a massive mediocrity, and but but the thing is, they're they're playing teams like the Chargers and the Raiders uh, three times in the final five games. And New England's just bad. That that are kind of in there with them. And even though it was just New England they beat yesterday, the Chargers have to feel, hey, if we beat the Broncos on Sunday at home, we're in second place. Mm-hmm. And we're not out of it at six and seven, and they're probably out of it at six and seven. Mm-hmm. Right, and so that's why if you're the Broncos, and a quick side note because you put out something tremendous, like you always do, Sandy. There are so many mediocre teams in the NFL. Yeah, it just scratches your head <laughs> of how the Broncos have yeah. not been able to get to the playoffs in the last seven years. Isn't that Honestly, amazing? With all amazing. the mediocrity there is, it's only, I mean, it's you- only them and the Jets. I mean, you know that's, how, yeah, that's it. Guys, you know how bad you have to be in a league full of parity not yeah. to get to the playoffs in seven years? Are you kidding Unbelievable. me? Unbelievable. Um, but with that being said, I mean, again, it's a must win. And yeah. it was the first time that a lot of these guys legitimately could talk about playoffs, could legitimately talk about, hey, this is a playoff game. And we saw the way that they performed. They were very tight. Yep. You hope that this time around when it is truly another playoff game, even though it's on the road, these guys can say, okay, we know what we need to do to be able to go and win. Look, the Chargers are the Chargers. They are who they are, okay? Um, they are a team that are very talented, just like everybody else in the NFL, except for the Jets. My God. But we'll go past that. But you just know you just have to go and get one more point. Figure it out. And my biggest thing for the Broncos is this. What got you the wins were you were able to score first, generally. Then you were able to go and establish the run. And then you may, you just really chewed up the clock, and by the time it hit the fourth quarter, you were able to pull through at the end. That's what this team needs to get back to doing. They looked at the stats and they said, hey, we have a great opportunity with this pass defense and started throwing the ball and got away from who they are. Run the ball first, establish that. Then after that, hey, things are going to open up for Russell Wilson and the rest of this passing attack. And please, please find Jerry Judy the ball. He's wide open several times. Just give he him a was. To get uh, the that's a fair statement, and I was critical of him earlier, but you're exactly right about that in all fairness. I just wanted to ask you one real quick question. Mm-hmm. How come the Broncos couldn't cover Nico Collins even when <laughs> Dell went out of the game? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I wonder is why didn't you put Pat Sertan on him? Um, especially yeah, they after, really didn't do that, did they? You know, it, you could have flipped them around, right, and maybe that would have compromised your defense or something like that, or, you know, something where, hey, the other guy didn't do anything, and so because of that, that was the only person they could go to. We don't know for, for sure, but one of the things you could have done was 
double teamed, moved your coverage around there. Um, again, I'm not saying I looked at the all 22 or whatnot, but I mean, we had a saying when I played at CU, they get scholarships too. And you know what? This guy gets a paycheck too. And ever so often, you know, professionals are able to go and have their best day out in the field. And you know what he did against the Broncos? And here's the reality. None of that would have mattered if your offense would have picked up eight more yards. Exactly right. right. Well, we're talking with Justin Adams. Justin Adams TV is the uh, social handle over at CBS News Colorado. But also, uh, if you caught him, the announcer for the quarterfinal at Division Two with the Colorado School of Mines. Mines, of course, uh, won their quarterfinal. Again, they are the top-ranked team uh, in the, the remaining in D2. They knocked off Central Washington 38-14. You were on the call. The semis are this weekend against... Uh, well, John Mobley's old school, if you remember the yeah, guy that the uh, Denver Broncos linebacker cuts down out of Pennsylvania. And uh, the Mines, again, uh, expected to go ahead and make a run. They got to the final last year and lost this year. It looks like they actually have the goods to win it all, doesn't it? It does. And, I mean, I was so impressed with this team because in the first half, they were tied up 14-14 with Central Washington. And they did everything they could to lose that game in the first half. They had a block punt, they had an interception, and they had a fumble. This team looked nothing like the number one team in the nation. And then they went to the break, and they came out and realized, hey, we're Colorado School of Mines, and we're the top team in the nation. They went on a 24 to nothing run. They held Central Washington to just seven yards rushing. Seven yards. I don't care who you are. If you're in the quarterfinals, you can at least give me ten. Only seven yards. And so to see what Mines was able to do was extremely impressive. And they'll take on a Kutztown team that um, – to be very honest with you, they should beat them pretty handedly, but we all know things. It's just weird what happens in the postseason, and um, Kutztown is an unranked team. You usually don't see a team unranked get to the Final Four. Um, they are there, and they're there for a reason. So, you know, for John Matoka and the rest of the guys out there, get to a fast, uh, fast start, get off to a great lead, and then do what you do. Put those guys you have defensively out there and, you know, get after, uh, get after the quarterback in. Get yourself back to the national championship game and let it all fly. Um, that, by the way, three thirty on Saturday afternoon, correct? Three yeah, thirty Eastern, Eastern uh, one thirty. So one thirty. Yeah, yeah. And 130. by the way, and by the way, guys, I say this ever so often, but I know you guys truly care about all of Colorado sports, and I mean that when I say that. Um, I pray, I hope and pray truly that Marv K Stadium in Golden is packed and i hope oh, I everybody on radio yeah. i mean but i mean packed packed to the point where standing room only it right. needs to be that way and we need oh, to go yeah. and say hey mine right. we appreciate what you guys have done we're out here to support you and on the visitor side we're going to take up those seats too it's <laughs> okay so we're yeah. going to make well, this i'll tell you i, ch- I checked if you want to go i mean it's not that far it's in golden i checked today the uh, the reserved seats are sold out for the game yeah. but uh, ga is still there and it's 15 bucks yeah Wow, there's what worse ways to spend your uh, Saturday afternoon be great than watching football. a national great, semifinal football game. Football. Hey, uh, before we let you run, yeah. uh, your thoughts on the college football playoff? I think that what they did—it's not even I think—what they did was terrible. It was a travesty. It was any other word that you wanted to use, uh, you can use oh. it right now. Okay. Uh, oh, Here's gonna, my reality. Yeah, you can just turn okay. off my mic, and we'll just let Sandy and, and Justin fight for a no, while. No. My, my <laughs> thing on. is What's this. What's your though? point? Yeah, so, so my thing is this, guys, is that early on it has been Florida State versus Alabama, right? We say look at the strength of schedule, look at all these other things. It was never Florida State against Alabama. What it should have been was Florida State against 
Texas. That I agree with. Because if you do well, it, that's say what Florida Mike Greenberg said on Texas, ESPN, too. Right. If you say Florida State versus Texas and you put Florida State at number three, which they should have been, then you look it up and say, well, now we have Alabama versus Texas. Well, that was settled in the second week of the season when Alabama lost by double digits to Texas on their own home floor, right? On their own um, at home. So what should have happened was Florida State being number three. And then you put Texas number four. But because you pitted Florida State against Alabama, that allowed the committee to now put Texas at number three. And then you could go and omit Florida State from being number four and a rightfully position that they should have been. So in any case, you could use all the excuses you could have and say, we don't want another TCU in Georgia from last year. Everybody knew that that was going to be a blowout. Even TCU knew that was going to be a blowout. They were happy just to get the merch for that game, okay? We all knew that was going to happen. But the reality is TCU won their game against Michigan. We can't forget that. And ever so so often, blowouts happen. True. And, and, and would anybody be surprised if Alabama won the national championship no. this year? Nobody. Would I think be they're the best team right now. I would yeah. like to see around. Washington win it just because of the insanity of the yeah. Pac-12 yeah. imploding yeah. and then having a right. title right. winner. Well, but year. but here's the fundamental problem, Justin. I'm sure you're not telling you anything you don't know. But yeah. you've got five champions. Yeah. From five. Well, one of them's going to get left out. Yeah, and it's the team that I, I. I'm sorry I couldn't watch that game for more than five minutes the other night. It yeah. was brutal. Yes, yeah, you know, what? Louis, and Louisville was terrible. I'm sorry they didn't have a better opponent. And if they had won a game just with defense against a, a stronger opponent, yeah. And but the ACC just collapsed at the end of the year. Duke was terrible. Uh, yep. it, it, and its coach moved on. North Carolina was terrible at the end of the year. Uh, Louisville was awful at the last couple of games. Uh, and this, they beat Notre Dame earlier this year. I don't know. Maybe Notre Dame wasn't that good. Maybe Notre Dame was overrated. But what I'm saying is, in the ACC, the second-best team by the end of the year behind Florida State was North Carolina State. Yeah. And no, nobody's right. thinking about that. And I, I'm sorry, but it, it, it was a flukish circumstance, combination of, you know, being in the ACC, losing not only one quarterback but two, although I guess the backup is going to play in a bowl game. And I, I guess when I say is go beat Georgia in the what is it Orange Bowl now that they, yeah. they play go beat go beat Georgia in the you know with your backup quarterback and and a, a really good defense probably better than Georgia's defense right now mm-hmm. go beat Georgia in the in the Orange Bowl then you could hang that uh like a fake championship banner like Central Florida tried to do yeah. a couple of years ago yeah. well you, you know guys <laughs> that there is there is a scenario though where Florida State can win that game and still be a split national champion. Correct. Because if you're 14-0 and 0 and said, hey, we beat Georgia. No, we didn't win the uh, national championship in a yeah, college football We did the same playoff. thing Alabama did. Bingo. Yeah. And so you can look and say, hey, we did that. We won all of our games. We deserve to be the split national champion. And I, I could see a scenario where that happens. I think another thing, too, guys, is this. We always talk about the Power Five. And Sandy, right on it, always say Power Five. Why did we even allow four teams to be in there? Right. It should have been from the get-go. Power five, great, five spots. Should have always you been give, eight. You should have give, you give one team a Conference bye. champions and the three wild cards. Should have been the best yeah. way to do it. Yep, yep, you should do that. Or even with five, hey, we'll give one team a bye, and we'll work well, it out from there. It, it, they got away with it until it this year. Until this year. Yep, but until this, this year. is the last year, so they'll get to it uh, 
soon enough. But a lot of great football going on, a lot of exciting stuff. You want to make sure you follow Justin, Justin Adams TV on social media. And, of course, you can catch him all the time on CBS News Colorado. He is not hard to find. The next time we talk to you, I think you and I have some discussions with the Buffs we'll have to tackle as well. A little bit of interesting news we'll have to tackle over the course of the week uh, because today, obviously, there's a lot to react to. But thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Hey, fellas, appreciate you as always, man. Have a blessed day. All right. Thanks so much, Justin Adams, joining us. And I will just leave it at that. The uh, report from USA Today, by the way, uh, Deion Sanders looking for multiple quarterbacks in the portal and indicating that Pat Shermer is probably going to be retained as the offensive coordinator for the Buffs. I'll just leave that with you. Happy, happy, joy, joy. To enjoy uh, as we go to break. The uh, Avalanche, oh, boy, I guess the news isn't really getting any better, is it? The Avalanche have lost their third straight. They lost uh, twice over the weekend. Kale McCarr's hurt. Um, Otherwise, it's great. We'll talk about it next on My Life Sports. Talk about what's the reason. I'm a pimp in every sense of the word. Better trust and believe them. In the cut where I keep them. Till I need it. Till I need to be the gust in it. Beep, beep. Then I'm picking them up. Let them play with it. Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. He'll flip it in. He and Byfield will chase it down. Loose puck on the right wing boards. Kopitar for Dowdy. Back to Kopitar. Moves in to Kepi. To Byfield. Courtesy of the Kings Radio and Network. Quentin Byfield, by the way, at the goal that also made it one to one uh, after the Avalanche scored first. Josh Manson with that score. Byfield then scored the next two goals for the Kings on the way to their 4 1 loss. You and I were talking about this a bit. This loss does not bother me terribly because, one, no. the Kings are very oh. good. Two, it was the second night of a back to back on the road. I'm not freaking out about this loss so much, but there are a couple things we want to zoom out on. Uh, First and foremost, Kale McCarr is uh, missed the basically most of the third period, uh, or a good chunk of the third period against the Ducks, and did not play in overtime, and didn't play at all in that game against the Kings, in which you just heard. Now he leads the NHL with 27 assists. He's tied with Quinn Hughes for the most points for a defenseman. Jared Bednar uh, did not know how long he would be out, saying. Uh, Prior to the game against the Kings, yeah. well, uh, I know he's not playing tonight. That yep, and he said that's, that's all, I, all know. I know, and yeah. and that's it. Sam Malinsky, by the way, made his uh, made his dead. Uh, and I thought Sam Malinsky played career okay. Game, yeah, they asked him to be out there for eighteen minutes. They yeah. didn't uh, squeeze no. him in, but so we'll look at the McCarr injury at one point. But then let's kind of look at the way this goes for the Abs, who are still in outstanding position. They still lead the Central Division. Yes, um, but we've seen. This is already sort of the second time in which you've seen sort of a stretch of not bad play, but questionable play. Uh, Arizona, a team that they're a lot better than. They lost to them in overtime. I get it. You got a point. Anaheim, they're better. They, they, again, they get a point. Well, yeah, the problem there is, unlike Arizona, unlike Arizona, they had a 3-1 lead on Anaheim. Yes. And Anaheim's been playing very, very poorly. And the Avalanche yeah, they're up three one after one. Of that. And they're up three one in that game in the second period. They're up three one. 
and they blow the lead. And that's with Makar in the game. Yes, for right? the majority of that point. Makar only missed uh, the last he, three minutes or so that, yeah, that yeah, final frame. I, I know, but you're, you're talking about a game that was 3-1 that, that became 3-3. You got to deaden the game, and, they, and they're not as good at doing that this year. And, you know, you go on to lose the game in a, in a shootout because your forwards are useless over the weekend. I mean, they, they didn't score. Yep. They couldn't hit the broadside of a barn in a shootout. The Avs lost two awful. games, and they had no goals scored by any forwards. The goals this weekend, Byron with two, Taves with one, and Manson with the first goal on Sunday. And that's it. No yep. forwards scored no, a goal. It's astonishing. With those forward I mean, you got lines? Twelve, 12 guys, same 12 guys, right. I think, right? Yeah. Go without a goal, without an assist, obviously, <laughs> since there were no goals by forwards, uh, no assists by forwards. Uh, yeah. Well, you got. Uh, I mean, you got a couple of assists, assists, but I mean, it's uh, yeah, but, I understand. No goals, no goals. But no you goals. got a couple of assists. Yeah. I mean, Renton had one. McKinnon Last night, had, McKinnon, McKinnon had, one. had one against the Ducks. Uh, they had, had one goal. But, they had one goal, and uh, the two assists from the two forwards who were, you know, point yeah. of game guys, and you, you expect them to score, but. Uh, Nishushkin's cooled off. Mm-hmm. Uh, second line's not giving you much. Third line, nothing. Fourth line, it, it, you know, the, the discouraging thing to me about the fourth line is not that they don't score. It's that they're giving up some goals. And uh, Kivaranta and Olofsson haven't been very good uh, the last few games. Uh, Cagliano's fine. Cagliano's always uh, the He's by far the best player on that fourth line and played over 13 minutes last night as a result because he kills penalties along with uh, – uh, Logan O'Connor and the top penalty killing unit. Um, yeah, they they just they they played indifferently. I thought, and you know, fatigue was a factor last night. L.A. was by far the best team out of the three that they played. Here's the good news, though. I am always the purveyor of good news. Are you? So, yeah. Okay. Eight of the next ten at home, and I'm telling you, they should win all ten games. Here they are. That is not Anaheim. You know that's not happening. Well, why not? Anaheim, Winnipeg, Philadelphia, Calgary, they're better than all of them, all at home. Buffalo, uh, they should be loaded for bear in that that one because Buffalo spanked them earlier in the year in Buffalo. At Winnipeg, winnable. Winnipeg's not playing very well. San Jose at Chicago, come on now. Ottawa, terrible. Arizona at home where you can get back at them right. for beating you in overtime uh, here just a few days ago. So, uh, you know, you're right. They won't go 10-0. and 0. But I'll tell you what, 7-2-1, and 7-1-2. and two, I mean, you got to come away with at least 15 points, at least 15 points from these 10 games. And to me, closer to 20 than 15. I, I'm looking at 17, 18 points out of these next 10 games. And then if, if you get that, then you're at 50. And you're not even at Christmas yet. You're at 50 <laughs> points. And let's remember last year they were 20, 17, and 3. My math was not great, but that's 43 points. And that was mid-January. Yeah, They should have 50 points, at least 50, before Christmas. They're there. in... They really Staked are in eight sta- home games out of ten, shape. and they've been good at home this year. The concern I have going forward is just that there there seems to be, despite I think significantly improved talent on this team and and, and a more coherently designed roster. 
that they are still prone to sort of bizarre stretches of disaffected play in which they just either don't seem all that into it or seem like they're busy being a little too clever or being a little sloppy. Having said that, though, everybody's like that, except for three teams, Boston and New York playing the other conference. Mm -hmm. I'll give Vegas maybe a slight edge. Although they've had certainly those kind but of But they have too. had some stinkers. Yep. Um, and strung them together. And, and they have. You know who's the best team in the West? It's the Kings. It might be the Kings. They've only lost seven games. Right? Yeah. Avalanche have lost nine. Yeah. Dallas has lost eight. Winnipeg's lost ten. Vegas has lost yeah, nine. Yeah, the Kings are the Vancouver's odd lost nine. have played by far the fewest games well, in no, the Well, no, I understand yeah. that, but oh, the, I know. Uh, their point percentage sure. is the best. Yeah, what 14, I was going to point out is three. they're one point behind the Avs despite They've lost three, three games, games in regulation mm -hmm. since the Avalanche beat them on opening night. They're, three, three they're five points regulation. behind Vegas, and they're four With games behind. all these games Four fewer, so... Uh, yeah, I, I actually, you could make the argument the Kings are the best team in the West right now. They're certainly playing like it. They certainly have the Avs number. So we will find out. The Avs get back at it. Uh, they get revenge over those uh, the Ducks as Sandy broke down the schedule there. They get an opportunity there. Um, I, I'll, I'll look at the situation with McCarr, and let's look up recently what the Nuggets did with Jamal Murray. Who also has a lower body injury. Yeah, right. We know, Not a we hamstring know, either. It's yeah. an ankle now. But we also know that during the majority of the month of November, had it been, say, a playoff game, Jamal Murray would have played. But they're yeah. being smart, as well they should, because they know they're not going to miss the playoffs, and if, and health is more important than winning a certain random number of, of regular season games. Are the Avs in the same boat with McCarr? Um, yeah, and I, I want to preface this by, again, stating the obvious. Hockey injuries are notoriously... Kept under wraps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? But Bednar, who who is like most coaches, don't talk a lot about injuries. I think if it were a long-term injury, I, I do too. he'd have phrased it differently than si agree. simply saying, well, I know he's out tonight, and that's all I know. Well, it's not all he knows, but I think if there was any sense that this – it's going to be a long-term injury. They'd, they'd say that. I'm Listen, I, 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 I read a story over the weekend. Uh, our old friend Alex Newhook, uh, you know, high ankle sprain. He's going to be out 10 to 12 weeks or something. Right. Uh, you know, and and they were pretty specific about that. <laughs> you know, they didn't try to say lower body injury. No, they said high ankle sprain. He's gonna he's gonna is, miss is months. Is this one of those things where now that we're sort of reaching critical mass of legal sports wagering across the country, where hockey is starting to adapt a little bit and realize we've got to be a little bit more transparent yeah. if we want to be partners yeah. with these companies? And they yeah. do, yeah. and they and do, they do. And you don't have to say, "Hey, McCarr's gonna miss three games, uh, or five games, or six games." You don't, but you, or but even you have to basically the, say it's but, not like, that you serious. Can't you? You you can't. And, and, I, I always go back to the Pierre, La, Pierre Lacroix and I had this conversation more than once and the late, great Pierre Lacroix. And he would always tell me, I never lie. I just don't give out complete information. All right. Right. <laughs> right. So, right. But I don't lie. It reminded me of the exchange that uh, 
the late Paul Zimmerman had with the now late Henry Kissinger. They were neighbors. Zimmerman couldn't stand Kissinger. Uh, I don't know if it was based on politics or just the personalities. Didn't, didn't cut his weeds. Two, two, uh, pretty, two pretty yeah, egotistical yeah. guys. Would you agree? That Paul Zimmerman and Henry Kissinger. Thought quite right? highly of themselves, yes. Kissinger was once asked in Paul Zimmerman's presence if soccer, rather than American football, was his favorite sport, having grown up abroad. Right? I think it might be soccer. Possibly. It's not an unreasonable Henry Kissinger says, the honest truth is, and he goes on and talks about American football. Zimmerman, as soon as he's done answering, says, can you define truths that aren't honest? (laughs) And you know what? Henry Kissinger probably could. (laughs) He probably could. I can't believe I never thought The the honest truth. As opposed to the dishonest truth? Yeah, it's sort of implied, isn't it? Which Henry Kissinger majored in. Dishonest <laughs> truth. And, you know, but you know, it, it, is, it is interesting to see how that's changing in hockey a little bit. Too. But, but yes, that, but hockey majors in, in a matter of speaking, dishonest and, truth. And in the, in the Jamal Murray situation, <laughs> the comparison to me feels apt from not from this injury, but from a few years back. I, I think transparency in injuries helps the players. Because yes. it gives reasonable expectations for fan bases. Because the one thing that I've always hated with injuries, and it happens all the time, is teams make it seem as if the player could play if the player wanted to, and yeah. then lets the fan dump and say, well, he must not care, or he must not right. love it. And you don't Look what know. happened to Murray right. a couple of years exactly. ago. And, and uh, we were the only ones really taking the Nuggets to task for that. It was a terrible thing to do because fans did pick up on that. They said, well, wait a minute. Tim Connolly went on cleared. the radio and said doctors had cleared him and it was up to him. Right. He must not care. Transparency He's riding there in hockey would on be his better big for everybody. And, and it made him look there. bad. It made him look soft. And he's anything but soft. In fact, it's just the opposite. You sometimes have to protect him from himself because he always wants to play. Joel Murray is a bouncer. During most of November, Christian Brown was his bouncer, basically. He stood next to Murray on the sidelines. And anytime and something happened, back. literally locked elbows so Murray couldn't bounce up and down and run up onto the court and be excited. Yeah, I don't think that's the problem. Well, no, speaking the of problem. the Nuggets, it's not the problem with Kale McCarry. Uh, no, no, absolutely not. Murray is still out. The Nuggets uh, split their weekend, and uh, of course, the Sacramento Kings again being a very interesting, very pesky squad. Nikola Jokic earns himself a big award, and Wesby, before we leave, we'd be uh, remiss if we didn't talk about CSU Rams basketball reaching a new wow, as you predicted. High. By the way, we will as talk about predict. that next on My Life Sports. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. I mean, they were running. We know they're a running team. Uh, they, they were shooting the ball, which we know they're, they're doing it. They, they made 16 threes, they made six. Uh, at the end of the game, they, they were, we couldn't stop them. We had open looks. We cut down, deleted to, to two, uh, but we, we just couldn't make a shot. But And they, they were really good in offensive side. So uh, they, I think in the last... 
like six six plays they, they score every time. So that was the we, we fight we, we were fighting, but uh, sometimes that's not enough. Of course, the unmistakable voice of Nikola Jokic speaking in the locker room he after is as their good loss. A game I was about to say any player or coach. I'm like he's in a, the he's region. A, he's a he's, he's a coach at heart. Oh, he he if he wanted to coach, and I suspect he likes the horses. Yeah, uh, a lot more than he'd like coaching, but he understands he basketball at a level that he, very few people he, do. He, he's at another, and he level. does it in real time while he's on the court. While he's on the court, being the best player on planet Earth, named the NBA Player of the Month for the Western Conference for the seventh time in his career, averaging twenty nine points, thirteen point two boards, nine point two assists, averaging five seventy one from the field, three sixteen from three point range, and the Nuggets went twelve and six. He had seven triple doubles in that month. The rest of the NBA had eight in total, four thirty straight, four straight games of thirty plus points to end November, making it the second time in the month he's only recorded a four-game stretch scoring 30 or more, and the first player since Elgin Baylor in 1967 to start a season with 12 straight games of 20 points and 10 rebounds. And Sandy has this. Seventh player of the month, of course, for the Nuggets. The Nuggets in their entire history have won it 13 times. Jokic has seven. Alex English won it three times, November 1984, January 1983, March 1982. Carmelo Anthony won it November 2010 and March of 2006, and Fat Lever won it in April of 1988. Nikola Jokic has more than 50% of the Nuggets' entire yeah. thing. And by the way, uh, Alex English and Carmelo Anthony, Hall of Famers. English, of course, is. Anthony will be. Fat Lever could make a pretty good argument, but, uh, but his, his numbers uh, hanging in the rafters well, up the When I arena. think of guys around here, in fact, Lever, no triple-double slouch himself, was in the top ten before. I thought uh, modern during, history. during their careers that uh, Fat Lever was a Hall of Famer, uh, certainly here in Denver. He would have played and for the Lakers, uh, he would have been. Adam Foote was a Hall of Famer of the Avalanche, too. If he I, I don't know if either of them would have been. They should. But yeah. they should. They should you, be in the, the, the Nuggets beat Phoenix on Friday, uh, six Nuggets in double figures, and with no Murray and no Gordon, both out for the game, and then they lose to Sacramento, but Jokic, a dominant 36 points, 14 assists, 13 boards. Uh, I, I guess I look at it and think you're still playing without Murray. You're still playing without Aaron Gordon. And well, Gordon played the the, the other night though, didn't? Uh, and and your Sacramento, Sacramento. Uh, you didn't play against Phoenix. No, he did not. He did not play against Phoenix. But he and, played against Sacramento. Uh, yeah, at 17 points, seven right. rebounds, three assists, one block, turnover. Uh, minus 11 and 33 minutes. But they've weathered the, those injuries, I think, rather well. Uh, back, you, you know, know the Sacramento game was like the Kings it's game. It's back-to-back road travel yeah. and, uh, and, against and a good they're team. They're going to lose it. And they beat Phoenix. Unlike the Avalanche, they won the night before. Yeah. And you're and in, in this case, look, you're missing. it. That's the amazing part. Uh, with, with all due respect to Aaron Gordon, who's a tremendously important part of this team, the, the order of the most Capable players on the Denver Nuggets are Nikola Jokic, and then a big gap, and then Jamal Murray, and then another pretty big gap, and then you can go any direction you want. But you're missing, I think, the consensus second-best player on the team. And the Nuggets have still been, eh, ho-hum, a couple of clunkers here well, and there, but the two, they look fine. The two best players for the Nuggets in Sacramento were Jokic and Reggie Jackson, who, strangely enough, was not as good coming off the bench <laughs> yeah. That was in the games he started. He got used to big minutes. Uh, uh, yeah, he had 38 minutes, uh, the, the, or 33 the other night, I guess, in Sacramento. Uh, you know, the, the, 
the bench was okay in in Sacramento, but uh, Brown was good. Uh, I thought uh, Watson was good. Uh, eh, the other three: Holiday, Strother, uh, Jordan, not so much. Uh, Jordan was a minus seventeen in ten minutes, uh, but. Yeah, Jokic plus 13 and 38 minutes, along with the numbers you mentioned. And uh, uh, just tremendous. Just but, not quite enough Nicole, to carry him over. Jokic, as he often does, hit it exactly right. Uh, 16 for 34 from three point land for Sacramento, yeah. 6 of 25 for Denver. There's your basketball your game. game. And strangely, and I can't figure this out, the Nuggets aren't a good foul shooting team this year. 13 of 20. The other night so in a game they lost by six. So frustrating. And Sacramento made 11 out of 15. Uh, you know, you get 20 free throws, they get 15. You get 99 shots, they get 99 shots. That That's a two-and-a-half shot advantage. Yeah. Uh, you shoot 48.5%, they shoot 49.5%. Really, the difference in offensive boards, 9-8 for Sacramento, not really much of a difference there. Uh, basically, even game on the boards. Nuggets had 35 assists. Uh, 10 turnovers, 33 and 11 for Sacramento, basically the same there. Uh, the difference was 6 of 25 on threes versus 16 of 34. And that there's your there's your ball game and the the team that isn't as fatigued is going to have legs and, and that matters. They shoot forty-seven percent yeah. on threes, and the Nuggets shoot twenty-four. You know that, that has a small factor in the free throws. The the Nuggets just need to be better at the free throws, but they have yeah, an they opportunity have to, be better, to get. They and will, they're good um, free throw shooters who are not making free they throws. They stay on the road. And sometimes that's fatigue. Yeah, sometimes that's it, fatigue. it can be. They stay on the road. They will take on the Clippers, a team that they absolutely lay waste to with regularity, no matter. Who the Clippers continue to trade for? They get them on uh, Wednesday, eight p.m. Uh, that's an ESPN game. And, uh, and then this week, by the way, Friday, looking ahead to Friday, uh, they will, I'm not kidding, I get it, it's December 4th, they will wrap up their season series with the Houston Rockets on the court here in Denver as they will be playing their fourth game against the Rockets this year on Friday. On and, Friday, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, that's, well, that's, uh, isn't that one of those games that got shifted in because they're not in the I Las think, Vegas? I think so, yeah. And, and by the way, I was thrilled to read Dan Shaughnessy in the Boston Globe who hates the home teams this, won each of those games, by the way. It, it, it hates know. this in-season tournament more than I do. I just, you, you know, and he made a great point, too. He says because point differential is well, that's dumb. Is, is so important, you have teams for no particular reason other than their silly in-season tournament deal right. or running, running up, up the, the score. score on, on other teams and leaving starters in so they can get hurt. Right. I, I mean, come on now. And, and and the Nuggets have exactly the right perspective on they this. They played it just like normal Nuggets regular season Nuggets in general, Jogic in particular, they don't give a spit about these in-season tournament games and good for them and good for Malone in not putting Jokic and other starters out there for 38, 40 minutes as other teams have done in these tournament games and it, I, I who cares if you win this thing well i mean they give orange slices rookies, to all rookies the teams do it's a decent Vegas. amount of money for rookies but it's not so much for uh for veterans really? by the is way it? yeah yeah how much money is it 
Uh, you get half a million, I think, if you're the winner, okay, and two hundred fifty thousand if you if you're if you're if you're a rookie. That's Even some, rookies make big money. Man. Well, it's enough to make a difference for sure. But yeah, I get it. Uh, Jason Tatum, by the way, named the Player of the Month for the Eastern Conference. He is uh, one of the guys playing. As a matter of fact, as we speak in the first quarter of the, uh, you know, I keep thinking for a bit of the NBA in season tournaments <laughs> quarterfinals. Uh, the Celtics against the Pacers. God, that That's is. happening right now. And uh, tonight, uh, the Kings how will take the on the Pelicans. Uh, how are the Pacers? Come on, Sandy. They won their how, pod. How, how are the Pacers? They won their they, pod. They've been terrible this year. Their pod. They won their pod. It, Come on. Don't you know it was in the Pacers pod? I don't either. Yeah, I don't, I don't have either. any idea. I don't uh, less interest. No, no. We, I, I, My interest is in the negative. Don't know and don't care. I mean, it, uh, to me, I'm, it's totally harmless, but I don't I don't care either way. And the Nuggets don't either. Uh, before we go, we would be remiss to uh, point out an outstanding accomplishment up in Fort Collins in Las Vegas this weekend. Yep. The 20th-ranked Colorado State Rams in the Las Vegas Invitational knocked off Washington. Uh, that earned them, and rightly so, as their unbeaten season continues, a monumental leap, a seven-point jump. The only team in the top 25 uh, with more was North Carolina, who jumped eight spots. That means the Rams are ranked 13th, 13th. in the country. How about that? Their previous record in the entire history of the program was 18th. That's why. That's why I thought they were ranked 18th and not 20th. This, you correct Yeah, me? and uh, this is huge. Huge for that. I mean, absolutely. It's, it's really and you hard know to what? overstate. It. That Washington game was a hell of a game, and they were down, yep. and they just were able to grind it out, get back into the game. Nobody had a brilliant game. Uh, who's the kid who was hurt against CU but came back against Washington? The forward, the big, uh, the big forward. Oh, um, uh, who came back and had a nice game coming off the bench. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm blanking it at the moment. But, yeah, they've been dealing with a couple of injuries. Um, yeah, the kid that missed you. Uh, Cartier. 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 Patrick Cartier. Yeah. Right, right. He, he was Seven for in 11, many ways the difference. Yeah. He, he, in many ways, was yeah, the so they, difference. They, and they are tough, man. They are tough mentally ass. tough. They're physically tough. They're not big. Nope. Uh, but they are physically and psychologically How about these last tough. four wins? They are 8-0. and oh, And how about these last four wins? Boston College, number 8, Creighton, Colorado, yeah. Washington. And by the way, no joke. Losing to Colorado State didn't hurt Creighton that much. Creighton's still in the top 10. They are. Things get easier for the Rams, by the way. On Wednesday, they'll take on DU up in Fort Collins. They get uh, three straight home games. DU, St. Mary's on Saturday, and CSU Pueblo on Quick, Sunday. They DU should keep rolling. Hockey mentioned. Yes. Uh, against North Dakota this weekend. Uh, they lost the game they should have won, won the game they should have lost, uh, but it was a great series, great college hockey. Uh, I think the two best teams in the country, although they were ranked second and third respectively, North Dakota number two, DU number three. Uh, Friday night, DU uh, went out to a 4-1 lead, uh, ended up losing 7-5, giving up four unanswered goals in the third period. Uh, Saturday, a totally different kind of game, uh, much tighter uh, better goaltending, and they're down one to nothing after one. They survived a five-minute uh, man disadvantage in the period, and they scored the tying goal, fell behind again 2-1 early in the third period, came back and tied it, forced overtime, and one and three on three on a goal by Carter King. Um, the, the game uh, Saturday, uh, David Carl and Brad Barry, the North Dakota coach after the game, said that 
David Carl told Brad Berry, we must be pretty damn good because we each won in two totally different types of games. Well, that's what we do every team every day here, if I'm not mistaken, with Broncos, Avalanche, Nuggets, Mines, Rams, CU. Uh, yeah, I think we got most of them. And by the way, Sandy in attendance on Friday over that DU hockey game. And Saturday. Uh, and yeah. Saturday. Danny in attendance on Saturday. Uh, yeah. Thanks, guys, for inviting me. Appreciate it. Jeez. Well, you can show up. Not you like should, should you don't have box. my phone number. Press boxes packed. Holy cow. Man, look at I deal with here. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Thanks to Danny Bailey in the booth for making everything work for all I of us. And thanks to you. I wasn't knocking you. Just say, call my, call my phone. I'll sit with you. You know, it's all good. We'll be back with you tomorrow to talk more about this big week for the Broncos, of course. And uh, thanks for all of you who joined the program. As well, all of you listening on uh, FM, HD, going to My Life Sports, or on the app. Appreciate all of you. We'll be back in just around 22 hours. You, however, have plenty to listen to right here on My Life Sports. I ain't got nothing but